What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Well, we're just going to pick up where we left off in love. We're doing it in love. Corinthians, I'm going to go Corinthians, I think it's 13, 4. Uh, I'll just read it real quick. Refresh our memories. It says, this is new, in, in KJV. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, uh, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. I love that part. I love that part. So, ladies and gentlemen, love, what are your thoughts? What are your ideas? What you're hearing? Pretty simple stuff, right? Everybody's doing this, right? We all love like that, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not, huh? Absolutely not. Oh, me. We're, we're not even a good fake. Wow. Not even a good fake, huh? We're not even a good uh-uh. knockoff. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, man. That's pretty bad. So what do we do to go about uh, semi-looking like this? Last week we talked about laying down our lives for our neighbor, for for our uh, mm-hmm. for our enemies too, huh? Right. Right. Right, because, you know, Jesus said forsake all for him, and then he tells us in return forsake all for our fellow man, right? Mm-hmm. So, so how do we go on? And then how do we go on taking on this these characteristics? It's easy to get in here and define how to lay down your life and what it should look like. But when you start putting characteristics on it, you know, things that we know we do on a daily like rejoice in iniquity. You know, right. somebody did something bad to you and then something bad happened to them and you'd be like, oh, they got what they deserve. It's so easy to <laughs> get, and get caught up. It's so easy. To, you know what I mean? They cut you off, then they had a wreck. Ah, see, see, if you hadn't been cutting me off, you wouldn't have been in the wreck. See? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? It's so easy to do that, right? Rejoicing yeah, in yeah, iniquity, yeah. right? It's just, it's, come on, man. Yeah, like, yeah. And then, and then after that, you're like, oh, well, Lord, I praise you, bless them in the name of Jesus. After you done cursed them, just happy that they got direct. Now you blessing them. It's, it's just that's what we do, right? That's what we do. <sighs> that's what we do. What? Another good what? one. Another good one. What? Huh? Go ahead now. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say another good one is keeping record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. Keeping record. And I see you, now yesterday, you did this, the last week, you did that to me. And three years ago, you remember, you remember when, you remember when you did that to me? Mm-hmm. So I owe you this. 
what I'm about to do to you, I owe you this. I owe you this. Now, you you getting all of this because you remember. You remember. We keep record of wrongs, man. That's so easy to do. Easy to do. Hey, yeah. Corey. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. How come, how how come we don't? How come we don't keep record of where we live, where we had our residence? <laughs> I know, right? That's not important. That's not important. But when somebody wrongs you, that's important stuff. Yeah. You know? You know, last week you cursed me out. I was trying to tell you something about what happened to you in your relationship, and then you cursed me out. Well, I'm not gonna, I ain't going to waste my time telling you that kind of stuff anymore. Just going to curse me out again. I just ain't going to do good unto you when you do evil unto me, right? God forbid I do good unto you when you do evil unto me. Right? Oh, no, please, y'all don't be quiet. Don't, please don't, please don't. Please don't. This, this is open-ended. Did my phone die? Am I still connected? <laughs> you're What's the question? Much, you're, you're very much connected. Oh, okay. How do we take on these characteristics, Michelle? Abide. Abide, I like it. What are we abiding in? We're going to abide in love. That's what Jesus said. Let this mind be in you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So when when you in that moment getting cursed out. (laughs) Anybody cursing? Look at him. Yes, sir. Go ahead. ahead. You do what Jesus did. But we need to remember. We we need to remember what the source of love is. My 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 scripture tells me that God is love. Right. That's good. I like it. So, so, so there's no loving apart from God. There's not. There's not. So when you're getting cursed out, and, and what she said about abiding is is, yeah. is right on. That's true. I love it. And what we don't in understand love. is what we and we really don't understand what abiding is. Yes. <laughs> we think abiding is the church house. Yes. Wednesday night service. Mm-hmm. Somebody's anniversary. Right. That's not that's not abiding. Right. Right. We'll throw around we'll throw around the word abiding. But we really don't know what that word means. So how do you how do you do it? With somebody cursing you out, how do you do it? You you don't allow that to be the loudest voice in your ear. You allow the word of God and what you know to be true, to be louder yeah. than whatever the cursing is going on. You take a deep I breath. It. I mean, you know, I, you take a deep breath, and you, uh, if you have to, you you rebu- you rebuke them. You know, I rebuke them in love. And uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? What, ha- what, ha- what happened? What happened to I'm crucified with Christ, and I know the right? Yeah, yeah. You laugh and it's like, you know, walk in peace. Nothing shall offend you, right? You walking in peace. Nothing shall offend you. I, I'm with you. I love it. I'm just listening. You laughing like you think I can't do it. I didn't say that. I didn't, 
saying that about anyone. I'm just I'm right, right, right. To, I'm just looking, listening for a process. Yeah, you take. There is no process, Corey. Exactly. I think there that's is. the problem. There that's is no it. process. Is if it you is. are abiding, it's, it's what you feel, though. What are you feel, though? Your flesh or the spirit? Bottom line. All right. Now we're talking. Right? Now we're talking. Because, see, it, the transform has to take place before you get in the incident. Right. But, mm-hmm. but this is the problem. I just ran off a lot of stuff that we do. Right? So the question was, how do we correct those characteristics? And then you say, well, you abide. Well, you knew that before the instance, right? Mm-hmm. So what are we not doing correctly? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because if, if these instances continue to occur, and we know, because this, this scripture is a familiar scripture. Like if anybody's been to a wedding, they always read that. They read that. Corinthians 13. It is famous. That's the the problem. That's the only time they read it. (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. But is reading going to get you into doing it? No, No. it's not. It's not. It's not going to get you into doing it. So it's like, what in in Corey, brother? What's the answer? The answer has been provided. But the truth is the matter, the truth is the matter, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. If you don't walk in the sense of, if, if you look at Corinthians 13, walk in the sense of I'm going to exalt others above myself, you won't ever be able to do it. Like that, that, that has to be a mindset that I'm here to exalt others above me. Now, now you got to think about that because, see, when you say abide, then that's easy to say. But when you say I'm going to walk with a mindset that others are going to be exalted above me, hmm, I don't know if I accept that. And I'm speaking. I'm just speaking. I'm not claiming. I'm speaking in general because when you think about it, this dude that you feel is scum, you're going to exalt him above you? Yeah. And why do you feel he's scum? Why are you measuring him as scum? Or, or rather than measuring him as somebody that needs love. That makes sense? Somebody that cuts you off. Why are you measuring them as somebody as scum versus somebody that needs love? Why are y'all not being patient? Where are you going? What are you rushing for? Somebody that's cursing you out. Why do you even have that in you and allowing it to flow out of you? You need love. I don't have to feel like I'm the victim when somebody is attacking, even when they're attacking you. Stephen didn't feel like a victim. He wasn't. He knew he wasn't a victim. He wasn't being victimized. Righteousness was under attack. It was trying to convert him, right? Trying to transform him into not being what he was. What? A man of God. I'm a man of God. And and so so if this is making sense, I have to adopt that mindset, not abide in it. I got to adopt it. I got to adopt it. I have to have this mindset that says, 
I got to put other people above me at all times. At all times. Why? Because they may need what it is that I know I have dwelling in me. What is that? I say I got love dwelling in me. So I got to be ready to give it every time. Go ahead, please. Please. So how to, so help me understand. Yes. Is that really possible to do at all times? Because if you're willing to, you know, exalt and put other people, you know, selflessly, everybody's before you, what do you have to be first? You got to be down, right? Yeah, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You got to be down. Mm-hmm. And most people, flesh, is it? does it feel good to be down? Absolutely not. But what is now it? Now we talk. Why is it? Now we talk about flesh or spirit now. Exactly. Now you're exalting your flesh again. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when we started, this is why this is why being a disciple started, right? Why I started with that. Why God <laughs> led me to. Because when you go back to being a disciple, what was the first thing we started talking about? Denying yourself. Denying yourself. So I can't. Be a disciple if I'm still leading. And we ended with, who did we end with? We ended with Lazarus and Stephen. Why was that so beautiful at this point? Because, see, now, now if you're Lazarus and you're just you're being okay with wherever God puts you, if God says, I want you to lay at this gate until I take you out, you're okay with that. Why? Because you're a disciple. See, it's, it's, that's why I said adopt. Because you have to make a choice. You have to choose this. Yeah, I mean, you can go into the scripture and read all of that all day, and you can listen to it all day. But until you adopt it within yourself, Romans 12, I was going to send you guys there too, but what did, what did he say, Romans 12 and 1? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you become a living, that you present yourselves as what? Your bodies. Hey, living a living sacrifice. sacrifice. So that means that means you're living dead. <laughs> you're living dead. Yeah. And that never ceases. It never ceases. It never ceases. It's it's like it's like throughout the course of your life you're not seeking things for your own benefit. And Michelle, you remember this was my mindset last year. It was my mindset. You know I mean I didn't walk in it fully, but it was the mindset. What was the mindset? It was about God, not about me, right? And and it can't just be a mindset. It has to be a daily walk. So throughout the, my day, throughout the course of my day, and I ain't even going to say my life, throughout the course of my day, I'm not seeking my own pleasure, but God. And if I have that mindset, then... Then when things rise up against me to what? It ain't, it's not because things aren't coming against us even, even outside of God, even outside of God as attack against us. No, what it is, it is to keep us from adopting that very mindset. What? That it's all about God. It's all about God. Now, it sounds like I'm just talking, but... If you go back, if you play back the tape, what were we initially talking about? Why is that so important? So that people can see your God and reverence him and reverence him. So when you bring in love, 
then it really should tie everything together because that's the biggest thing people miss. That's the biggest thing people miss. They miss love. They they feel like God is, is victimizing them. A movie just came out, God is Not Dead, and the, it's the same theme in every movie, one, two, and yeah. three. It's the same yeah. theme. People that were for God or thought they were for God, God did something to them. Something happened. Something bad happened. They felt victimized. Now they don't. Right. They can't stand God. Right. They, they can't stand it. Or somebody was molested, right? They were victimized. Why did God let this happen? Why did God let this happen? Always about me. It's always about me. It's always about me. And nobody gets to see what? God and his love. Nobody gets to see that sacrificial love because everybody's making the same choice. Everybody's making the same choice. What choice is that? To exalt me above you. Why did she get molested? Because he exalted him above her. And it goes on and on and on. And everybody in this world is making choices. I'm exalting me above you. Then Jesus comes along. Go ahead. You tied what you said about, um, can you help me understand the point that you're making about somebody being victimized, about being all about them? What was, I'm sorry. I didn't no, that, yeah, that point was people that are being victimized, and I was talking about God is not dead, one, two, and three. And I said a lot of times what ends up happening when they become victimized, they say, well, God, why did you let this happen? Now, that, that doesn't happen every time, but it typically happens. That's, that's, what, that's what the movie God is Not Dead t- tends to, that's the, the plot that it tends to, to convey, right? It's saying people get victimized and then they no longer believe in God because they don't see his love in him letting this happen, right? So what ends up happening is what I'm trying to, what, I'm, what we're talking about in this lesson, they don't see God's love. Why? Because people constantly choose to exalt themselves above others versus so, choosing. Help. Go ahead. Help me to understand how you would explain to somebody that God's love is real, even though, you know, horrible things have happened to them. And that's what I'm getting at, right? Okay. That's the point that I'm making. Because people, people are choosing to exalt themselves above others. It is not God doing it. It is people choosing against what is God is telling us to do, which is what? Choose to exalt others above yourself. Last week we talked about what? We talked about laying down our lives for our fellow men. Why? So that they can see God's love, regardless of how they act, right? If you're around somebody that's acting outside of what you know to be God's love, You're not going to act outside of it just because they are. You're going to do what? Continue to show them God's love, regardless of how they respond. And we talked about a few weeks ago. I like to bring them back up. Who? Stephen and Lazarus. What did Lazarus benefit? What was his benefit from laying at the gate? He didn't get any food, right? He didn't get any food. He didn't get healed either. But he continued to do what? Be a disciple to God. And put himself at the gate of this rich man. He didn't go in and try to steal the man's stuff. He didn't break in. He didn't curse God. 
God got me laying at this gate. But he was giving that rich man an opportunity to do what? Whatever God was telling him to do in regards to him. He continued to love that rich man by just laying at his gate. Now, that may sound funny. How was he loving the rich man? Because he kept being obedient to God and putting himself in position for the rich man. He was obeying God so that rich, rich man could do whatever God told him to do in regards to him. Stephen, same way. Same way. How did he love those people? He didn't turn on them and say, you know what? Y'all don't want God's truth. I'm going to go on back over here to where the apostles are. No. He continued to explain, even though he knew they were lying on him. They were lying. But he said, I don't matter if you lying on me saying well, I'm making these false accusations against God and Moses. No. I'm going to keep telling you the truth. And then he called them out on it. Y'all killed him. Y'all killed Jesus. This is over in Acts. Y'all killed Jesus. Y'all did. And they got mad. Then they started throwing stones at him. Did he regard them throwing stones at him? Absolutely not. Nope. He didn't. He continued to talk about God. What was he doing? He was exalting them above himself. He was not regarding himself. He's even beat by stones, and he's still not regarding himself? Lord, forgive him. They don't know what they're doing. Now he's praying for them. We have to adopt that mindset. We have to adopt that mindset. Even even when we are being victimized, we have to adopt it. I have to love you, man. I got to love you. I, I still want God for you. Because that's what Jesus did. We are disciples. We are followers of Christ. I mean, that, that you have to adopt that mindset. All of this stuff we grew up with, and it may be difficult. And at times, of course, it's going to be difficult. I mean, you've been molested by some dude. Of course, that's going to be tough. I mean, that's tough, man. That's tough. That's tough. I mean, I mean yeah, that's tough. It's tough for me to even talk about it. Tough. But God still says love him. Love them too. What? Love them too. That, I love think them that's too. When he see. I think that's when he see how much you love him. Either you turn, get closer to him, or you go farther for him, from him, because he allowed the devil to step in to see your strength or how much faith or how much love you have in him. That's good. But some people turn away from him and hate him when he allows stuff to happen to you. I'm not saying everybody, everybody like, you know how we say that um, God let this happen to us, God let that happen to us. Not everybody. Now, he don't let this happen to us. Sometimes we put ourselves in, in predicaments to things that happen to us, so we blame God instead of blaming ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then you start hating God. Are you going to love him more? Go closer to him, or are you going to hate him? Some people just start like, oh, God this, God that, and I just don't think so. He allows right. to help test your faith or your strength. Right. Um, it's, I, go ahead. Yeah, um, as you all were speaking, I was just uh, thinking, um, and it came to me that 
sometimes, you know, people will they will blame God. Um, mm-hmm. However, as, as the uh, sister just said, sometimes we do put ourselves in those positions and make decisions that we shouldn't make. And then also, it could also be the enemy. So uh, mm-hmm. we have to know, we, we have to have a clear understanding of where it's coming from, where the attack is coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because God does love us and, and he would not harm us. So um, I think it's just a matter of sometimes people... Uh, they don't uh, have the right teaching or the even uh, they're not even able to comprehend what's happening or why it's happening to them. Right. Yeah. Right, that's true. Yeah, and so because. what I've learned to do even for my own self is when times of adversity come, it's that's not really the time to pull away from God. It's really the time to draw closer to Him. Exactly. You can be, yeah, healed and delivered and, and have the victory. Absolutely. That's true. Exactly. And, because he, and, and if you have that mindset ahead of time, then you don't have to pull closer to Him, right? Because you realize you are witnessing every aspect, even when you are being victimized. That's why I go back to Stephen. Even the Lazarus, they were both being victimized. You don't know why Lazarus was there. You don't know what happened. I'm not going to speculate, but you don't know. All you know, he was sick, he was hungry, he was broke. And he was at this man's gate that was rich. He had a lot of stuff. And Abraham told him, man, you, in your lifetime, you had a bunch of good stuff. And now you want this man that you didn't even help to come and dip his finger or whatever, some water and yeah. give it to you? You want him yeah. to do good unto you, and you didn't do good unto him. Unto him. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, Stephen was being victimized. He's being beaten. Not only beaten, he was being ridiculed. He was, he was being lied on. But never, not once, did he sit there and say, God, you're just going to let this man, people talk bad about me like this when I'm sitting here talking to you? No. No, because it wasn't about Stephen. Stephen was here doing a work. It was a work to be done. And that work was what? To show people, regardless of, regardless of how people do me, going to let God's light shine through me. That, that's difficult, but that is the call. That is the call. It's like, well, no, it isn't. Well, yeah, it is. What did Jesus do? Who are we following? We're following Jesus. This is a hard saying. Love is hard. Love is hard. It's difficult. It's difficult to love somebody that's, victimizing you. It's difficult. It's not easy. I didn't want to I didn't bring it up because it was easy. I wanted to touch home with this because we read this all the time. We read it. We casually pass it through our vocab. But when it comes down to realistic stuff, if you know somebody, and I keep going back to this, if you know somebody that's been molested or if you were somebody that's being molested and you start talking about loving somebody that molested you, Okay. All right. All right. Hmm. How are we gonna do that? We're gonna adopt that mindset. That's how. A mindset of God. Because you haven't experienced anything worse than what God experiences moment by moment. You haven't. And you wanna share that godly truth so that people can know that there's a beautiful God out there, regardless of how ugly you are. 
towards him and me. There's a beautiful God out there. Beautiful, beautiful. And he leads and he guides us and he comforts us and he strengthens us even in the midst of people doing things towards us. He strengthened his son. He strengthened him. He said, why have you forsaken me? He said that, but yeah. And people, people, and people talk about, oh, well, it's the sea. No, God didn't leave Jesus. He was high. He's God, first of all. He didn't leave him. He was right there with him the whole time, suffering with him the whole time, praying for the people that was causing this thing to happen the entire time. He was there. He's suffering too, yet and still wanting others to see him, though. I want them to get it too. I still want you to get me. I don't want – you think about that. If you have children, and you may have a good one or a bad one, or you know, people we call our children bad and good or whatever. Oh, this is the good one. It's the bad one. Or is the bad one less worthy of your love than the good one? No. You want the bad one to have your love just as you want the good one. You may even give the bad one more attention because you want them to be better. Because you want them to be better. God is no different. And he uses us to show people his love. He uses us to show people his love. But for anybody sensitive to what you're saying, Corey, I mean, you're not saying that you can love them and still put somebody in prison for doing you wrong, correct? Yeah, I mean. You can love them and still. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, because, you know, it's different sensitivity. So, you know, there is love and, you know, there is still, you know, the wages of sin is death. So, you know, there's still some things. There's correction and all of that. And um, love corrects. Yeah, I love the testimony of, I don't know if you've heard, Joyce Meyer's testimony, her father raped her, mm-hmm. and um, she told her mother, and her mother didn't believe her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over the years, she's, you know, just been led to bless her family and all that. And before her father died, you know, she ended up leading him to Christ. And mm-hmm. when I heard her share that testimony, I was like, man, no kind of, he raped you all them years, and you went ahead and blessed them with a nice house, and you did, what, what? Mm-hmm. And he never asked for forgiveness, never nothing, 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 until he finally accepted Christ years and years and years and years later. And so that's that charity suffereth long. Long. Yep. Long. Yep. Yep. Because the focus isn't on you getting the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. If that's your mindset, you would never be able to bless them and lead them to Christ, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Not right. on like, you getting forgiveness. I like that. Not. I mean, or and, being or asked to be forgiven. Yeah. Asked to, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like back to being a disciple. I'm here for, and and this is this is the beauty about being a disciple, man. Like uh, a young man, he was my cousin. Uh, and I knew him, but you know, it's amazing. I saw him four years ago. I preached a funeral, and it was my aunt's funeral. And this is how crazy and amazing it is. And I ain't saying like in a good way. <laughs> my aunt died of cancer, and he was at the funeral. Him and his wife, they had just got married. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm thinking like, wow, he married, you know, her. You know, I was like, that's, that's cool, you know, because she seemed to be doing good, and he was doing good. And that was four years ago. 
and then yesterday he passed away from cancer. And, like, I heard last week some uh, friend of mine told me about him, and she had explained to me that he looked different, and I hadn't seen him in four years. And I was thinking about him a year ago. It's funny. I was thinking about him a year ago because his wife had put up another Facebook page, and I was like, wow, why did she put up another Facebook page? And her last name was not Herndon anymore, what have you. And I was like, man, what, what, you know, what's going on? Where is he at? Well, how is he doing? And I didn't know he was sick. Nobody talked about him until last week when I heard he had cancer. And yesterday I saw a picture of him. It was just so crazy how different he was, uh, how he looked. He just looked like he, you know, was sick. And it was like, wow. And then somebody took a picture of him uh, at, at his wedding. And it was like amazing how different he looked from the time that he had gotten married or even four years ago to the time of his passing. And it's like, well, why are you bringing this up? I'm bringing it up because he had a period of time that he lived on earth and then he passed away. Uh, Throughout the course of his life, there were things that he had to do and then it was time for him to go. As disciples of Christ, that's our life. We're here to fulfill a work, and then when that work is completed, regardless of how we go, it doesn't matter. How we go doesn't matter. What matters is what we did to fulfill the work that we were put here to fulfill. And if that's not our focus, then we're going to be sidetracked about everything that comes our way. And then you can say, well, man, you know, you know, and then that's when we start thinking, right? But when we follow Christ, the first thing he says is to deny your flesh. And so that is the work, right? I'm working constantly, denying flesh to what? Let God shine through me. Because then he uses us so amazingly. You, the Joyce Meyer experience, that was amazing, right? You tag that to Joyce Myers, and then I tag it to God. I was like, wow, look at how God used her, helped her to see beyond herself and show him so that even her dad could see Mm. God. Even her dad could see God. Because, see, Joyce couldn't do that by herself. She couldn't. She couldn't. Stephen couldn't. Lazarus couldn't. And then, of course, God in the flesh could it? He could, because he would have just said, "You know what? I'm just gonna be God and let let all of these people just go." Nah, I'm gonna be God and I'm gonna wrap myself in flesh and then I'm gonna make myself obey this flesh and die for these people that don't even care about me. But I care about them so much, and and because God cares about people so much, He wants us to care about people so much even when they don't care about us. And we can go through all those characteristics and we can say, well, you know, they treat my God worse than this and he still cares about them. So why can't I take on that characteristic? And it's one by one. You know what I mean? You don't have to go to each one and be like, man, I'm going to do all of these today. Nah. Nah. It's, It's just recognizing I can't keep record of wrong. I can't do it. Okay, Lord, you know I do this. You know I do this. 
uh, but you don't want me doing it. You don't want me doing it. I want to shift my focus to where I'm not doing it because it's not me being wrong. It's you being wrong. I'm walking in this righteousness, and what they're trying to do is keep me from walking in the righteousness. And it ain't the people. It's the spirits behind the people. They don't want me walking in their righteousness. Why? Because they don't want people to see righteousness. Why? Because if people see righteousness, then people will may, they may have the proclivity to do what? Walk in the righteousness. The enemy doesn't want people walking in the righteousness. But if people see the righteousness, it makes sense for people to walk in the righteousness. Why would anybody want to walk in an area where chaos, it's, 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 it's a field of chaos? It's like if I keep doing wrong unto people, then I'm giving people the right to do wrong unto me. But if I give people righteousness, man, whoa. You know, righteousness looks a whole lot better than this wrong. If everybody walked in righteousness, right? But if they don't have righteousness to see, then how are they going to walk in it? How are they going to walk in it? I'm done. This is a, a this is a moment by moment thing. And God tell you something. We can't do it without God. Brother Jim, you brought that up. Yep. Well in your script in your scripture what? You said God is love. And he what I love. read too, it says the same thing, right? If everybody has the same book regardless of the translation, it says the same thing. <laughs> Just me. You just can't love. love. Yeah. You can't do it without God. So stop trying. You can't deny yourself without God. You can't follow God without God. You can't. There's nothing. What did he say in John? We just left John. Without me, you can do nothing. Yeah, you can do nothing. So why are we trying? That has to be real. Why are we trying? Why are we trying to adopt the mindset without it? Like we, if you start talking about stuff like this, that's so deep. And so just, uh, you, cost, you start talking about a victim, immediately our flesh rises up. Our uh, uh, flesh rises up. Now, wait a minute now, wait. <laughs> start thinking about yourself. Wait a minute. I know you ain't trying yes, to say, uh, like, like yeah, yeah, it's okay for them. No, mm-hmm. no. Get out your flesh. Get out your flesh. Get out your flesh. What is God saying? What is God saying, man? It ain't about Corey. I ain't here to give you anything but God. <laughs> I haven't mastered anything I've said to any of you. And I ain't saying it because I've mastered it. I'm <laughs> saying it because God shared it with me. That's it's, why I'm saying true. it. He shared it's it with true. me. Yeah, Amen. I ain't going to sit here and sugarcoat it. I'm not. He shared it with me. I'm going to share it with you the way he shared it with me. <laughs> and I'm going to seek him out to let him do it. <laughs> and I'm going to do what? Can I share something? Um, Go ahead. Go ahead, please. As you were talking, what um, is coming up for me anyway as a survivor of sexual assault and molestation is that Mm -hmm. um, go ahead, share, please. Is that um, yes? We have to. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. We definitely have to uh, put the cross between us and those who have wounded us. But there are some very uh, real um, feelings and emotions and things that go, that get in the way of that. And it's not always just a, well, you just decide, you know. 
for anybody who has experienced that, there are soul wounds that have occurred, and you need healing and deliverance from those things before you're able just to just to love, you know, just to love those people yeah. who have injured you in that way. So, um, yes. if I were, you know, in a different, if I were in a different place, I would think that, you know, somebody who might be sharing in the Bible study this afternoon might just feel a little bit like um, a get-over-it, kind of like when, you know, we see a black man murdered on TV by the cops and white people are like, just get over it. That, you know, could be the feeling that would come up, but just to know that your feelings are real, those things did happen and God did not leave you because he promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. But there is healing and deliverance available so that you are able to love like Christ would have you to love and to be healed from those, you know, those things that, and you're absolutely right, what the enemy wants us to do is to worship our own feelings, our own um, emotions, rather than putting the emphasis on Christ. Um, And he does that in all kinds of ways. You know, molestation is um, one of the ways that he steals the voices of young, young children, period. Men, women, there are lots of um, little boys who are molested, lots of grown men who are walking around with soul wounds because they've never been healed from those types of things. So, um, yeah, healing and deliverance is key to being able to walk in. Uh, Part of, you know, his tactic is that when you are, molested or assaulted by somebody who um, is supposed to love and protect you, it's not just a what about me thing because then what happens is you're not able to see the father for who he truly is because you're viewing him through the eyes of somebody who is supposed to protect you. So then you're like, well, God is supposed to protect me. This person on earth who was supposed to be a representation of my father didn't do that. So um, healing and deliverance is key to being able to love like Christ would have us to love. And that's good. Like I said, we needed that. We needed Thanks that. for sharing that. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. And, and it boils down to what? Down to us choosing what? Choosing the love. Mm-hmm. It's like she just said, you thinking and she's thinking, whoever's thinking that God's supposed to protect me, this person that, and, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine just today. That's why I keep bringing it up. But the very thing that she said she had to endure. No, it wasn't a get over it. No, absolutely not. It's not a get over it. It's, it's a love. And if we don't choose to love, then nobody can see love. Nobody will. But if everybody that's living here continues to look at themselves above looking at other people and what they need, then nobody will see love. That's what you should get out of this. That's what you should get out of this. And it's no pretty way to say it. There's no pretty way to say that. I can't say it pretty. I can only say it the way he's saying it. If you exalt you above others, that's what we're going to get. We're going to keep getting this, this molestation. But if we choose to exalt others above ourselves, 
right, now, now we now we getting some love because that's what God does. Now we getting some love. We getting some love now. Sensitive subject, and uh, we're going to stay right there. Go ahead. Could you pray? Of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Let us pray, please. Father God, and all that we experience and all that we've gone through, everybody has a story, Lord. Everybody has a story. Everybody has been victimized. It's a saying that goes on that hurt people hurt people, Lord, and it's recognized to be so true. But in the instance, Lord, I, I, I take a stand and I say, despite myself, being hurt, being victimized, Lord. I say, I love you. I say, thank you for your love. I say, you're still a beautiful God. I say, you're still an awesome God. You still stand and you still seek and you still reach out and you still want us to see you in an amazing way. I say, thank you for your comfort. I say, Thank you for your peace. I say thank you for the deliverance, uh, your healing power. I say thank you for never forsaking. Thank you for never forsaking. The enemy comes and he comes in. He comes in and he tries to steal that truth. He tries to take away that realization, that that you never forsake us, that you constantly love us, that you heal us, that you offer us peace. He comes in to try to take it away, Lord, but you constantly, in a greater way, show your love. You constantly, in a greater way, show that you're there for us. You constantly, in a greater way, show that you love us, that you love us, Lord. And for that, thank you for showing us how to anchor ourselves to you, Thank you for showing us how to just grab hold of you in the, in the midst of you constantly holding on to us to show us how beautiful you are, how, how much you want us to show others how beautiful you are, how beautiful you are. Lord, thank you for showing us your love, knowing that without you we can't love, knowing that without you we can't overcome what we've been victimized for how, how we've been victimized, Lord. Without you, we cannot overcome it. Thank you for giving it, putting it in our heads and helping us to see that we have to step beyond us to, in order for us to even get healed. We have Mm -hmm. to step beyond us and accept you in order for us to be healed. Knowing, Lord, this is a sensitive subject, knowing that it's a sensitive subject, knowing that it's a sensitive subject, knowing that it's sensitive. 
but also knowing that without you, we can't get past the sensitivity of the subject so that love can shine through. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Lord. And I just stand here, Lord, and I just stand here and and I pray and I open up my my thoughts and my heart to you to allow you to exude through me to show, to say, and to model that it's all about you. That it's all about you. I pray that that spirit dwells in the minds of everybody that's under the sound of my voice, that it's all about you. It's all about God. It's all about love. It's all about love. And until we show love, then how will others see love in you? I thank you for your love, Lord. pray this in Jesus' name. And God, amen. 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 I pray you all would uh, have a blessing and keep being a blessing. Amen, you too. Keep being a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Y'all have a good one. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.